Welcome to our service here at Brighton Road Baptist Church. My name is Marion Richardson and I'm one of the church family here. Though throughout this service there will be contributions from other members of our church family and to them I am very grateful. This Sunday marks the first Sunday in Lent and also marks the start of our focus on the book of Philippians. Tim, who will be preaching later, has called this series through Lent The Gospel in Philippians, pulling out all the stops. Today, we shall be casting our attention to the phrase found in the first chapter, your partnership in the gospel. And so we turn to our call to worship found in Psalm 34, reading verses 1, 2, 3. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This psalm reminds us that whatever our circumstance, God is worthy of our praise. And this is something, whether we are physically together or not, we can do this together. So let us sing two songs of praise and adoration to the one who is beyond our adequate description or understanding, and yet turns to each of us and calls us his child.
Now may I lead you in a prayer written by Debbie McDaniel. Dear God, we praise you today with our hearts and songs. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your great power and love. We confess our need for you. Our lives don't go so well when we just spin around on our own. We struggle and worry get weary and worn, yet you never leave us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your care for us. Thank you that you breathe renewal right into our souls. We ask for your spirit to fill us, to draw us close to yourself and to work your purposes through us as we set our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Here at Brighton Road, we support in partnership a number of folk who have been called by God to share the gospel overseas. Peter and Louise Lynch, um, they work in Bangladesh. And you may remember Peter um, recently contributed to our online services by bringing God's word to us. We're going to hear now an update from them of the work that they are doing. And following this, Mary Breeze will lead us in our prayers of intercession. is gone you're the one who calls me on you are the life you are the fight that's in my soul oh your resurrection power burns like fire in my heart when waters rise i lift my eyes up to your throne Stronger than 
will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our good. We This video is an update on the work of BMS World Mission in Bangladesh. Uh, but it's not an update about our work or about uh, the Bangladesh Baptist Churches only. It's actually an update about you and your work as well. Because Paul wrote some fantastic words in Philippians to the church there to say what partnership in the gospel was all about. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. We're going to tell you a few stories and they're your stories and our stories and most important, the stories of God at work in Bangladesh. I'd like to introduce you to a man called Obinash. Uh, we met him up in the northern area of uh, Bangladesh, an area called Dinajpur. And Obinash is one of the uh, one of many evangelists and pastors that are supported uh, by BMS through the the Baptist Shongo. And Obinash has a, a fascinating personal history because he was a, a freedom fighter during the Bangladesh War of Independence in 1971. So he's a highly respected and honoured member of the community because anyone who fought. Uh, for the independence of the nation is held in, in the highest esteem in the country. Obinash is also a farmer, as the picture shows. He's holding a couple of his sheep and the village in the background is the area where he and his family live and where they have land. Obinash is uh, a Christian leader and from through his leadership, uh, they've built a church in his community where people meet each week and worship God. And as an evangelist, he's also uh, planting churches in new areas. And just last week, we heard news that uh, in one of the areas he's been working, uh, about 60 people are now ready and preparing for baptism as new converts and Obinash has been instrumental as someone supported by you uh, in bringing people to faith. 
baptisms in Bangladesh are fabulous occasions and I'm going to show you uh, a short video now of some baptisms that we were part of uh, just last year uh, in the Dinajpur area and you will love seeing these pictures of the colour, the procession uh, and the baptisms of, of many, many, particularly young people uh, in the local pond, uh, which is the nearest available water. One of the things that we do is provide training for young Christian leaders in all the different uh, districts of Bangladesh. And God's really at work uh, in these days up in the hill tracks area in the east of Bangladesh. Um, we had uh, the exciting privilege of, of training some uh, young Christian leaders in that area. It involved uh, lots of traveling, uh, both for us and for them. Uh, we when we travel in that area, get armed bodyguards to look after us because there's a certain risk of traveling to some of these places. Uh, but more important was the journey some of the, uh, the local people have to make to come and be a part of the training. So uh, some would have come for maybe a day and a half or two days uh, by boat and walking to get to the center uh, where we were providing the course. The picture you'll see is, is of a guy uh, writing in his notebook, uh, uh, a simple illustration that many of you will have, have learned based on Romans 3.23 and 6.23 of, of what it means to be brought from, uh, from the consequences of sin into new life. And, uh, and we were explaining this in English and in Bangla. Uh, uh, but a lot of these, the people on the course, the men and women, their, their first language isn't Bangla and it certainly isn't English. And so they were translating uh, into their own tribal language uh, the simple message uh, of the Apostle Paul to the Romans. And it was so exciting uh, to see them doing that, to equip them to think about how they would share the Christian message in the places and among the tribal people that uh, that they uh, that they live with, and 
and for us to just think that that we're kind of dropping like a stone into the water or the seed into the ground of the gospel being shared into new areas was was really really exciting so do pray for us as we as we do this sort of training uh, pray for these leaders that they would become real uh, champions of the gospel in all the places that uh, that they live and work thank you Let's pray together for the people of Bangladesh using the words of Jesus. Let's pray. God blesses those who are poor and realise their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing might, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Amen. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share news with you. Uh, of what God's doing in, in Bangladesh. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we want to thank you uh, personally and as a church for your support for us uh, and for your support for, for BMS World Mission and its partnership with the Bangladesh Baptist Church Shongo. Uh, it really does uh, change people's lives as I hope this video has, uh, has helped you to get a feel for. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. And this thank you also comes from the churches in Bangladesh who want us to pass on their thanks to you. They feel really supported knowing that they are not alone in their stand for Jesus. If you want to get more involved, uh, then you can become a 24-7 partner uh, with us directly and personally. Uh, you can sign up inside uh, to pray and to give and to get personal news so uh, you are very very welcome and invited to to sign up in that way and follow us uh, in everything that we're involved in and if you feel that god is calling you to mission or to greater involvement with bms's work then please go to the website where there are other amazing stories about the work of bangladesh, uh, bangladesh and the rest of the world uh, and ways to get involved more in mission so if god is speaking to you today about mission and calling you then please act today and visit the website and start that conversation great thank you again and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, in, person, in person we hope before too long <laughs> god bless, god and, bless thank and thank you thank you bye let us pray Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what we have just heard from Peter and Louise Lynch in Bangladesh. 
We praise you for the frequent opportunities that they have for sharing their faith and discipling new believers. And we pray that they will be encouraged by seeing you at work in the lives of many. We pray especially for those they meet who are seeking the truth, that they may find it in the message of the gospel. We praise you for those who are preparing to serve you in various ways as they study at the Theological College. And we pray for Peter and Louise as they teach the courses there. Lord, give them clear direction as they pick up on the various aspects of their ministry and plan for the coming months. Thinking of some of the other overseas workers that we support, we pray for Claire Bedford, as she has not been able to return to Chad as she had planned to do because of COVID restrictions. Lord, may she be conscious of your presence with her and know your peace as she seeks ways of helping the hospital remotely. We pray too for those continuing to work at the hospital in her absence during a very busy time. We praise you that Callie has been able to return to Brazil and that her two boys have now been able to join her. We thank you that the Eagle Project team have been able to continue helping poor families and we pray that they soon may be able to restart the sessions in the prisons again. Thinking now of our own country, Lord, we praise you that the number of COVID cases is decreasing and that the vaccine rollout has gone well so far. We pray for all those in government and those advising them as they plan how to get us out of lockdown. Give them wisdom and consensus, Lord, in the difficult decisions they will need to make. Guide too, Lord, as plans are made concerning for our church in the coming days. And help us to be prepared to follow your guidance, whatever changes that may bring. Draw close at this time to all in our church fellowship who are unwell, feeling isolated or have other special needs. May they know your comfort and peace. And finally, Lord, we pray that, strengthened by this morning's worship and teaching, we will live this week in a way that honours and glorifies you. We offer up all these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today's reading is taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. 
God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. you think are the key ingredients in a successful partnership? There's no lack of suggestions online, but three factors which keep on cropping up are trust, accountability and communication. That means we know what we're supposed to be doing, we know that we're all going to pull our weight, and we know that we can rely on each other to do so. And a good partnership is not just highly productive, it's also a good experience for all members of the team. As I look back over the past 12 months at Brighton Road, as we've tra travelled through these uncharted waters together, 
one of the things I cherish is the sense of partnership I've enjoyed with so many of you. At my end, I've experienced a real sense of support and cooperation, and I really hope and pray you've had the same experience you're in too. In the video of their work in Bangladesh, Peter and Louise Lynch mentioned partnership in the Gospel, and you can see what that looks like in action. When they first went to Bangladesh, they said that their goal was to work in partnership with Christians there. So they began with by discussing with local church leaders what they most wanted, and then they took it from there. And you can see from the video the many different facets of their work as they help to train and encourage pastors and community leaders in different parts of the country. And their ministry is a tangible expression of the partnership between BMS World Mission and the Bangladesh Baptist Church Sangha. And we participate in that partnership as we pray for Peter and Louise and their work, as we support them by keeping in touch and as we give to BMS. All this is partnership in the gospel in action, transforming people's lives and communities through the good news of Jesus Christ. That's an example of partnership in action today. What did Paul have in mind when he prayed about the way the Philippian church had partnered with him for the gospel from the first time he met them right the way through to when he was in prison? Well, for starters, Paul deeply valued their personal support. It meant a great deal to him. Epaphroditus, one of the Christians from Philippi, had risked his own life by coming to support Paul while he was in prison. At some point, Epaphroditus had fallen seriously ill. He'd been at death's door. And once he was well enough to travel again, it was a, with a profound sense of relief and gratitude that Paul sent Epaphroditus back home, taking Paul's letter to the Philippians with him. But Epaphroditus hadn't just come to offer Paul moral and practical support. He'd come with a financial gift for Paul from the Christians in Philippi. From the word go, the church had adopted the policy of supporting Paul financially. Indeed, for a while, they were the only church to do so, and it meant a huge amount to Paul. In both Romans and 2 Corinthians, Paul uses this word partnership with specific reference to financial support. It's about giving money, actually. In Romans 15.26, he talks about churches from Macedonia and Achaia sharing resources with poverty-stricken Christians in Jerusalem. And in 2 Corinthians 9.13, he assures the Corinthian church that the recipients of their gift would be praising God for the generous way in which they had shared their resources. When it comes to partnership in the gospel, money talks. So when Paul says he prays about the Philippians' partnership in the gospel, we can be sure that, among other things, he has in mind their financial gift to him. But the way he phrases it suggests that, much as he values the gift at a personal level, he prefers to regard it as a gift that really serves to advance the gospel. That, after all, is Paul's overriding passion and priority, even when he's stuck in prison. The gospel is the one thing that matters. Can I take just a moment to thank you for the way you've supported the work of the gospel by your generous giving to Brighton Road over so many years, but perhaps particularly over this past year when so many church activities have been curtailed. Many churches have seen their level of income drop drastically as people have not had a collection bag passed under their nose while they're sitting in a pew. But you, you've been faithful partners in the gospel in terms of the way in which you have maintained your giving and I would like to thank you most warmly for that. But moving on from matters of money, I have to say I like this phrase, 
partners in the gospel, because it makes it clear that being a Christian entails so much more than just coming to church. After all, what's the point in coming to church? It's a question we might ask ourselves at the best of times, but if church attendance were to be the be-all and end-all of Brighton Road, then this past year would pretty much have made it clear that church serves no useful purpose at all. But God doesn't call us to be churchgoers. He calls us to be partners in the gospel, partners in sharing the good news of Jesus. And we do that by praying, by giving and by sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Why would we want to do that? Well, perhaps the place to start is to ask, what's good about the good news of Jesus so far as I'm concerned? What difference does it make to you that God sent his son for you? Different things will connect with different people. What works for you? In the gospel. Jesus shows us that God is real, that God is committed to the world. He shows us what God is really like. The gift of his son shows us that God loves us, that he identifies himself completely with us, that he comes alongside us through thick and thin. Jesus brings us God's forgiveness when we make a mess of things, and he shows us how to forgive others. He brings us redemption from the wreckage and destruction that ensue when we go off the rails. He saves us from ourselves sometimes. And when we no longer see any point in living our own lives anymore, when we don't like who we are, Christ lives his life through us, giving us value, dignity and purpose as he does so, transforming our lives from the inside out. His resurrection brings God's power into our weakness and guarantees eternal life beyond the grave. The Holy Spirit shapes and moulds our character so that we're no longer emotionally stunted by how other people have mistreated us, but instead we can begin to flourish again as whole people, equipped with the, God, the gifts God gives us to serve him. And in terms of what Jesus has done for you, I'm sure there's more that could be said. Maybe after the service, you'd like to make your own list. So in our own experience, we know that God sending Jesus has been good news for us personally. But it's also good news for those around us as well, isn't it? Most people don't know that, of course, and they're certainly not ready for you to get them into a corner and talk to them about Jesus. But you become a partner in the gospel when you communicate to them the love, the forgiveness, the significance, the hope, the strength, the redemption, the wholeness, the dignity that we all need. And that are God's gifts to all of us in Christ. The challenge is to see other people through God's eyes and to act accordingly. Does God love them? So should you in Jesus' name. Does God want to forgive them? So should you in Jesus' name. What does God want to do in their lives? How does he want you to be part of that? God calls you to work in partnership with him in the cause of the gospel. But that's not going to work unless you are also prepared to work in partnership with those who need to hear the gospel themselves. Sharing the good news doesn't mean imposing upon them our own Christian agenda. Far from it. What they need to see is how the good news of Jesus connects with their agenda. And if you don't know what their agenda is, maybe you're not ready to share the good news with them. But God calls you to partner with them in enabling to see the good news for themselves. Now, sometimes their agenda will be so diametrically opposed to what Jesus wants that all you can do is show them that there's a different way to live your life. That being a Christian is about who you are, not what you do on a Sunday morning. Being a partner in the gospel actually has very little to do with coming to church. It's got everything to do with being good news for the people outside of church.
showing them in our own lives what a successful partnership with Jesus looks like, how it works, the difference it makes, and maybe inviting them when the time is right to join this partnership for themselves. Thank you, Tim. And also, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Lynn, Mary, Hannah and Beth for their contributions to our service today. Today, we've been reminded of our partnership in the gospel. Our closing hymn gives voice to that wonderful gospel. Lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly, he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let the church with gladness hymns of triumph sing. For her Lord now liveth, death hath lost its sting. Let join together as we sing, thine be the glory.
May the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God be reflected in your hands. The wisdom of God be reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow from your heart, that all might see, and seeing, believe. Amen. Amen. Yeah.